Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. It's D again, this time with an episode of announcements. And um, you know the deal, but today is a little bit different than a typical announcement um, where a company is coming on to talk about their specific ICO and their specific project. Uh, today, we have on Ron Salavara with Token Market, and he is actually going to talk to us about the, the current state of ICOs, the future state of ICOs, um, what's in the books, like uh, just give us the lowdown on ICOs because things got a little intense, I'd say, at the end of 2017 with the number of ICOs that were coming to market. And um, now it seems like things have gone the other direction. And I'm pretty sure that um, the ICOs aren't going to go away. Um, they're only going to evolve. So I'm glad that we have you on to talk about that. Um, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself um, to our audience, You know, get them qualified with who you are, what you do with Token Market. And then we can go into some discussion. Yeah, thank, thanks for inviting me. Uh, uh, so my name is Ransu Salavara, and I'm CEO and co-founder together, together with uh, Mikko Ohtama Token Market. And we are one of the, the biggest ICO advisors there based uh, in Gibraltar. And, uh, and uh, have, we have now done 30, 35 ICOs that have raised over $300 million total, including Civic, Storage, Monaco, Rivets, Dent. And, uh, you know, we, we still have a, have a, a good pipeline of ICOs. But of course, as said, um, market is changing. So that's going to be very interesting to, to talk about that. Absolutely. So I think what you're speaking of specifically about the market changing was, um, you know, basically here, at least here in the States, the SEC seems to be, SEC seems to be cracking down on, on a lot of ICOs, but it's only cracking down on the ICOs that very common sensely you could see, oh, that was the bad idea, or that was pretty scammery. You know, like the... Yeah. the well, I well, that's that's a that's a very good question because because uh, they publicly said that they have put out eighty subpoenas, and then I heard that it's the total number was over two hundred. Mm. We didn't get nor our any of our clients got subpoenaed. So um, I think that there was an element of of two things. There was a, of course these scammy, crazy promise ICOs, and then there were ICOs that had a had a, uh, the, too much of an element of uh, securities on it. Mm -hmm. And, and then, um, that, uh, so, so it's not necessary that they were scammy. They can be that there was, they were elements of, uh, of, uh, 
securities, or then they were just just so big that uh, SEC kind of things that okay, the and, and nothing is ready yet as a, as a platform, you know, working platform where you actually use the tokens. So so they think that okay, the only reason for owning these tokens is um, speculative reason that you will trade them uh, and trade them for quite some time, and then they think, oh, that's actually a futures contract. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not saying that that's the case, but this is kind of like, you know, the overall view that I've gotten in the market that, that there's multiple reasons why, why SEC has taken a stance. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's, it's interesting because then when we started to do ICOs a year and a half ago, um, then my always, my basic explanation to everybody was that, okay, app token is a, is a, is an exemption to securities law. So it's, it's one of the five things. It's an in-game currency, kind of like World of Warcraft or something. It's a closed loop payment system. So you can only use it on a platform as a payment, but you don't earn it. Or it's a loyalty program, or it's a software license, or just like Ethereum was in the beginning, donation to Ethereum Foundation and the first Ethereums were receipts of uh, donation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so those are exemptions. And of course we know air miles and, you know, gift cards, all these things, they are, you know, SEC could never go if all those would be turned into securities. Mm -hmm. But, but that, that when they made those kind of rules or exemptions, they of course never thought about that they're going to be traded on a volume of a billions a day. Yeah, that's something you really. That's that's actually. Do you think that is some, them having failed foresight, or them never imagining what it was intended for to begin with? In my opinion, I think that's them not understanding what's happening enough to not see that coming. Well, they. I I think that when they when they said that okay, those are out of our scope. They never saw that. Okay, they saw that. Okay, airlines, airline miles, all these, you know, uh, in-game currencies and stuff. They never saw that they're gonna have a have a secondary market that suddenly trades these billions and billions of dollars a day, mm -hmm. and and it, and everybody can join. So it's like a suddenly huge, massive retail market, which has been since the Great Depression in America has been one thing that they. Um, SEC have been protecting people from cause, uh, and and that's why for whatever fifty years you had a uh, the crowdfunding equity crowdfunding was even not allowed in America because it was just a heritage from all that that people were walking on the streets and selling shares of them, some shitty companies. Mm -hmm. So is it an overcorrection? Do you think, or you think the SEC is being um, metered in their approach? Well, no, normally always things like, you know, look at, look at China, then normally it was like a complete crazy, then they closed down everything and now they opening it up for, as in my understanding, they opening up, opening it up for selected uh, players. Mm -hmm. That so just seems it, like a repeat of history though. I don't know if I like that too much personally, but. Absolutely. Isn't that always, everything gets first goes over the top then sell us down, then, then comes some rules or 
something in place. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. So, do you see the future of ICOs? How do you see the future of ICOs? Because I personally don't see them going away. It's one of those Pandora's box kind of things. Absolutely, like, oh, I, I, I totally, I totally agree that that um, that they 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 are here to stay because because uh, for many platforms app tokens make sense so i all like you know first of all we we get 10 to 20 ico requests a day on our inbox i think that in, oh, wow. in october november was like the it was either month we got like a thousand requests a month you know any, anything, yeah no it's not because it's a it's anything from dog walking token onwards oh, wow. you know? So, so it is. So, of course, everybody saw that. Wow, people are now making millions with the white paper. So, I want to get, I want to make millions as well. So, it, and and uh, as of today, of course, we our inbox is still filled with stuff. But almost all our deals comes from uh, from um, our previous partners, law firms, and and refer like referrals. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, so the, so there will be always a place for good quality app tokens. Like a couple of our clients, a few of our clients are already like, you know, rivets on the, uh, rivets on the, on the, you know, mobile or mobile security, then on the, on the mobile minutes or mobile data, then storage, civic. These guys are, you know, full on, 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 come, you know, either out with the product or just about to be out with the product where the token is fully integrated. But then, then uh, and many more. Not those are just uh, just some of our our deals. But there's many more of those. So there's always, I agree with you. There's always a place for app tokens. Uh, but uh, you know that that requires now execution. So this is the year of of uh, what is it? Uh, you know, doing what you promised last year. Mm-hmm. And then many companies try to come up with the horrible token ideas. And for them, it, it, it might be that the company is not horrible. It's actually a good startup idea. But then they are trying so hard to turn that into app token. And, and there I see the future being that um, there will be a securities and not just a, like app token securities, because that's kind of lame in my opinion, but the securities that can then pay, pay royalty dividend or interest. Mm-hmm. So you, you like a lot of people in the industry are starting to also see this huge security token market. Um, yeah, but uh, security token market is not that you just turn up the app token into security because SEC says so. Mm-hmm. I, I see that like, you know, because I, I see that as a, as a not ideal situation. App token should be unregulated and and should run that way, but then there should be these securities that are really like, a, let's look at the royalty, like many of the gaming, entertainment, you know, there's a lot of ideas on, on that sector, how to do decentralized YouTube or decentralized Spotify or, or just produce a TV series or movie collecting money on, on, uh, on cryptocurrency. I think that that's a great idea if you can create legally a royalty token where you say that, okay, token holders, you will get 10% of, uh, of these uh, productions 
cross income. And we will publish our income from whatever Netflix, iTunes, you know, YouTube, Vimeo, wherever you, you make the money from, we will publish that and, and send token holders 10% of that. Mm -hmm. That's a great, that's a great system because then you don't have to uh, explain that is, is how much uh, management is taking salaries or anything because it doesn't have to do anything with the net profit. Yeah. It's on a, kind of autonomous as well. So, yeah, I, exactly. I have a question for you. How do you feel about DICOs? It came up, it, it looked like it was going to be trending for a little bit back in February and March. It's kind of dropped off the map since. So that was that Vitalik's, uh, Vitalik's um, idea of a, very much of a staged fundraising. Mm -hmm. right? Kind of similar to, to how VC and seed rounds and uh, and yeah. investment rounds uh, work now. I, I think it's a great idea. I, I don't think that there's any reason that, that many of these, these startups with, uh, with uh, uh, management that has never done anything big before, now they suddenly have you know, 20 to $50 million and they, should, they were supposed to be smart about it first time around. Mm -hmm. Or you know, maybe they have had some, some projects before, but on that scale. So that scale requires what you call it, scrutiny and, and oversight. So I, I think that it's a, it's a good, uh, very good uh, model for, for many pro uh, projects that, that requires long-term, diligent, and milestone-based development mm -hmm. in order to deliver what they say on the, on the white paper. Absolutely. I mean, in today's, in the current investor climate, the VC climate, um, you know, there's the seed investing and then there's the round A investing, I think, or is it C first? Does it go C no, to A? After the A, yeah. So this is, yeah, there we go, A to C. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um, and at each round, you know, you're expected to have met some milestones, sales milestones or Absolutely. technological well, milestones, whatever's outlined in the, and basically like the term sheet exactly. right? or the exactly and so so the so absolutely and and i think that that's a healthy way to do it because because then i've seen some of the some of them uh these uh, I, you know ico ceos starting to more not our clients but i've seen that that they have more started to think themselves as a, I'm, I'm now a hedge fund manager because i have a you know i had last year i did ico i raised 30 million and now suddenly market went up and Ethereum went up and now I have a 50 to 80 million. So they are much more interested to, to nurture their, their funds than they are actually to execute the, the white paper that, that enabled them to raise that money in the first place. Mm -hmm. So this, this you know, um, model of milestoning everything and, and kind of proper oversight of it makes it that, that, the, that the management of the startup keeps the eye on the ball. Yeah. And I think that's also, it goes to how, that goes to show what could be the difference between a good project and a bad project as well. Because if you've outlined your costs and your projected revenue well, then it really shouldn't matter how much money you have in the bank unless you're not getting sales or you're not meeting the performance factors that you said you would. 
right? So if you if you're having to shift into hedge manager hedge hedge manager mode, um, why? To me, that just seems like that would be if the price goes up, then that's a bunch of money you didn't foresee happening. You'd still should be able to operate. But but that is exactly absolutely. But that is kind of human nature that that you know that's the way that you then many people ask like wow, like. <laughs> No, it's, it's a, we need it's to a, buy a boat. We need to buy a boat with all this exactly. money and put Lumbos, our name on the boat. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's very that's very true. I guess I yeah. can't speak. I guess I should do an ICO first and see if it raises a bunch of money and see how I react. Like, oh, I didn't anticipate having this much money. What do I do now? Um, but, but I think that I think that it, it's good also that uh, that in a way. Um, that this um, this last year's massive boom happened still within uh, within uh, uh, right time time um, have gone by since the dot com boom. So there's still a lot of people involved on on whole ICO and crypto boom that remembers um, dot com boom. Mm -hmm. So 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 that hopefully okay everything went over the top and all that stuff. But uh, I I hope that we like you know history doesn't fully repeat itself. Well, it might, but still, from the dot com boom came a lot of good companies that are still today, like you know Amazon's, Amazon's of the world that are mm -hmm. you know massively you know successful companies. So, uh, I it's it's good that the, the time in the timing wise people know that that just because you raised money and you know it's all good times. Then that doesn't mean that okay. At some point, you have to deliver. Absolutely, and I think we're kind of far from that time, honestly, because we're still arguing about protocol level stuff. You know, we're still developing on the on the very, 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 very base layer of what could be the so-called Internet of Value or Internet of Money. And you know, we're I think we're a long way from Netscape. Uh, uh, at least. Yeah three years away from the Netscape moment, in my opinion. These are just my opinions. But oh, you, you mean that be before or after? Uh, before. Like, I think last year was phenomenal. Many, many people say that that was a, that was because I don't really remember that well, but that was the first dot-com kind of a peak was then the Netscape. And that was what, two, uh, 1994 or five. And then there was the first, what, which only insiders knew that, that, that first boom. And then it it kind of went down, and then came that that you know 2000, you know 1999 2000, that then 2001 kind of was 2001 that it popped. So I don't know where we are there, but of course last year's you know five billion raised on on ICOs, where where there's a like you know the method of fundraising is new, companies are all brand new and then also the technology like you said you know the protocol level everything is still experimental mm -hmm. i mean even on just a sheer financial level the the dot-com boom got up to six trillion before it popped you know and the crypto hasn't even hit one trillion yet got pretty close yeah so i don't think or the worst case scenario is like humanity learned its lesson from the dot com boom. Well, well we don't, we, which we ever do, actually. You know, <laughs> we don't learn our lessons very well. No, no, yeah. So let's not even go there with the, with the, 
I'm hell. I'm begging on us not learning our lesson. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. No, but that's um, that's. Good. But, but hopefully we evolve. At, at, at least we you know get better and better on on understanding these. And um, uh, I think that you know last year was of course great. Many many of us got lucky. Got had a, had a great year in business. So now it's now is the time when you have to like this year is all about the all about delivering functional the functionality that you promised with on a white paper and also it's that, that because we grew up last year and suddenly we do you know that was a five billion raised and then uh, daily trading volumes are are massive like like look at just our tokens that we have issued that you know twenty thirty tokens that are now live they trade more. Uh, or uh, not more, but it's about the same, 100 to 200 million a day, which is the same as a, as a second largest stock exchange in London, AIM. Mm. So, you know, the, the second listing, like kind of the, alt, what is it called, alternative investment. That's a market. phenomenal stat for you guys too. I know that that kind of makes you guys feel good. Exactly. So so then so when, when the trading volume is that, and the, and the, the 300 million that we did, like I said, uh, market cap is 2, 3 billion. Of course, now you know. Now we need to grow up fast and make everything compliant. So I, I would say that delivering what you promised last year for startups, and then from from our side, like ICO advisors and any any you know law firms, everybody who's involved on all this um, fundraising process, everybody has to now get compliant, understand the regulations, understand that we cannot be just like suddenly like a yeah. different from the banking world and from, from where, where all the KYC, you know, know your customer, anti-money laundry, and all these stuff has been in place for years or decades. We cannot just go and, and do same kind of volumes and say that, oh, but we are out of this, um, these requirements. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have to you know, apply those to our business. And the quicker we do, the faster the traditional financial markets will see that, okay, we, we want to work with these guys, not to you know, try to kill them more or see them as a, this little annoyance. Yeah. That's, that's some, those are some of the governance things that have to be sorted. You know, it can't be, people don't like Wild Wild West. Although, you know, if you're in a position to participate in something like it, like it has been in crypto, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. Like every day is different. Every week is phenomenally different. You're learning and you're growing so fast. But like the general public, or as we call them on our show, general purpose people, uh, they don't care too much for that level of excitement. They have their own different excitement that they subscribe to. And they like to be far detached from it while still participating in it. Yeah, and, and people think, like yeah. Wild West when, when things goes well and the, and the luck is on their side, you know? yeah. They love to be on a poker table when when they all winning, but then when things goes wrong, they, you know, they first flipping the table. Yeah, exactly. They they point <laughs> finger, of course. Yeah, so so this is a great this is a great for us. So so year and a half ago it was like you know what it was three four of us, and now we are thirty people uh, at token market, and we have you know in house counsel, we have a compliance officer, and uh, are you hiring? right now are there if people want to get involved of, of course all how, the how do they go to that yeah all the time we're hiring like you know we, we plan to grow to to 50 to 75 people this year 
Uh, so yeah. of course, and, and but it all requires now this. Um, it, it requires massively a uh, uh, kind of uh, compliance look there. That that we like, you know, we want to help startups and growth companies in the future to do both app tokens and securities. And only way to do that is to is to be on the good side of the of all the regulations. Hopefully, even like now we have a have a great position here in Gibraltar because because we are applying for a DLT license, which is actually I think the first proper regulation regulation framework in in, in the world that um, uh, that is live because it, it went it went public on the first of um, January this year, and on on that one then you know we are applying for that one and uh, there. We have a direct communications with the with the Gibraltar Financial Services Commissioner and then Gibraltar um, Finance. Mm -hmm. and that way, you know, they are very like you know we we went there first time last year, April or May. Tell that hey, we have now started to do these ICOs and this is how they work. And now, because of that and and the great work by Gibraltar law firms. And the government now they are introducing token sales specific regulation later this year. Mm -hmm. They already have a working paper out for for all the stakeholders. They asking opinions, and now we all can be um, heard on on when they come up with the with the next regulatory frame, framework. Ideal. Yeah, and that's the way that it should be. What um. So what are some projects that you guys are are helping consulting with I could say um that you're excited about coming up this year? Well, that we have a few of those on on a pipeline now and uh, um have to let the drop out from so so the so one is that I think it's next week autonomy is coming out with an ICO and that one already has uh, we we started whitelisting people uh, you know, for KYC purposes, uh, two weeks ago, and that one has a fifty thousand people on on whitelist now. Uh, and, and then there is a then there is a fetch coming, fetch seed, Pier Mountain. So, so there's a there's a bunch of uh, bunch of deals coming, and are very solid with with the sorry about that. So good. So. Um, so there is a um, bunch of deals coming, and now the now the big uh, common denominator on all these is that they have a they have a already seed funding. They have a proven management team. They have engaged law firms that we work closely with. They worked hard on a, on a business plan, and then on a, on a token model. Because that's the thing that you know, many many people just think that oh, as an afterthought, let's how how do we now just attach some sort of a token model on on our business plan? And that's normally kind of a mm -hmm. recipe for for you know not that successful ICO. Yeah, recipe for disaster. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I've seen a lot of companies that out of the blue, they, everything on their dry erase board is erased. And they're like, how do we do an ICO? 
And it's like, ooh, not a bad route to take. Not I said I said a pretty bad route to take. You you kind of start with that in mind if you need it. You know, maybe there should be a nice flow chart that exists somewhere. Do you need an ICO or not? You know? Yeah, and people are actually, they actually are kind of, you know, when you, um, like, a, so arrogant. They even call us and they say that I have few business ideas that I'm playing with. I would like to raise 10 million for one of those. Would it be okay that I come to, to your office and we brainstorm for a couple of days to come up with one? And like, mm. uh, let me think about it. But, uh, no. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Like, like, could you help me to, to just uh, get 10 million out of the blue? Yeah, doesn't work that way. No, absolutely. So, so, so it's great to see that, um, that um, now, the, of course, and, and last year we, we had, a, you know, very good luck with, with all our ICOs, you know, we had the great ICOs there. And, uh, and, and this year, uh, the way that market has evolved, we've been trying to evolve with that. And, uh, and uh, I'm super happy with our pipeline of, of, um, of our ICOs that are coming up. And then also people that are contacting us, you know, let's leave the, the, all these crazy outliers aside. But, but the people are also like, you know, also seeing that, okay, this is what we need to do to succeed on, on this fastly evolving landscape. Mm -hmm. Well, um, is there anything you'd like to add that we didn't quite get to um, about, you know, the state of ICOs and where you feel like we're heading the next year or two, maybe? Yeah, I, I, I'll say that the, I, I, in, in my opinion, there's a the interesting thing is to see that when comes the first kind of a global IPO ICO, which will be a, a global equities offering on some super promising company where that anyone around the world can invest in, in crypto, but uh, they will get the real shares and that company is, you know, something al along, uh, you know, Spotify and, and Google and, or Tesla and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that is uh, not that far away. I think you're right. I also like the idea of the other end of that spectrum. You know, like a mom and pop shop, maybe they make, uh, I don't know what they make, like uh, homegrown honey. You know, they got several beehives in their backyard and they make homegrown honey and they just want to sell honey and they securitize their mom and pop shop <laughs> and and give it access to a global market. And yeah. now with things like drop shipping and, you know, someone in where I am now, Iowa, can ship their homemade honey to someone in, I don't know, Hong Kong. And who knows what will happen. But since they've securitized themselves on a global with access to a global market, you know, if it takes off in Hong Kong, then Hong Kong people can invest in that mom and pop shop that's in Iowa. I like kind of. the idea of that. Exactly, kind of, kind of extension then to eBay and Alibaba, but on a financial side, yeah, just like absolutely. How, how eBay and Alibaba made many of these uh, these manufacturers and, and uh, niche product product uh, uh, builders to have a global global audience and global uh, client base. Yeah. 
So, but then, then kind of between what I was just saying about the ICO, like IPO, ICOs, and then what you're saying about um, um, mom and pops, I I believe like you know this is kind of a um, thesis that we have is that in three to five years, all the angel investments and uh, almost all of them, all almost all the angel investments and VC investments they will require that you need to tokenize your shares. Okay, we are with you on the long run as we invest in your company, but we want you to, to tokenize it so that we have there's added liquidity and we can earlier see where you're like also on the, uh, we can sell some of the shares or we can then easily do a, do a kind of a equity-based um, token sale. Mm-hmm. So I see that that, that is definitely that, that much, much... So, the, so today, you know, there's a NASDAQ and then the pink, pink slips and then there's a, you know, AIM in, in London and what is that, the NASDAQ's first north is in Scandinavia. So, there, so the level of, of publicly traded shares, that will go down to smaller, smaller companies that are super innovative and then gives access to, to anyone to invest on the, on the next, uh, you know, mm-hmm. super company on AI or, and stuff. Very early. Mm-hmm. Well, I think your foresight is why token market is doing so well, and why you've brought so many great projects, you know, to the public. Um, and last year you had an amazing year, and this year I think I'm sure it's going the same. Um, thank you very much for swinging by today, and uh, giving us your thoughts on ICOs and where they're going and where they are. I'm sure people would love to know because. Last year kind of turned into a little bit of a shit show. So I'm glad that we are reeling things back and getting back to where things should be and need to be. Now we just need to work hard. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. No problem, man. Anytime.